Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. This podcast exists as a cry from the heart that no matter what the chaos that you are going through, the best of times, the worst of times, and every place in between, that we have a God that can create a color out of the chaos. We are all on a journey, and we are all exposed to chaos each and every day. This podcast is for you. May we lean into this chaos saying, Lord, help me see a color out of this. Grow me and help me see more of you. And so I would be honored to pray for you, and then we will jump in today's episode. Lord God, just thank you so much for who you are. We look to you. We thank you that you care about each and every hair on our head, and you care about each and every anxious thought. Lord, we look to you. We need you. Lord, will you please just break down any wall that we have built up towards you, and may we respond to you today. We need you, and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation where you had a need, but what you thought would resolve the need ended up not helping like you thought? I know for me, I can think of many situations where I've been in where I was just kind of in a pickle. I was in a bind and I was just like, I don't know what can fix this, but I'm going to try something. I was reminded of this instance when me and my best friend went out west last year. And this story is a comical one. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. But me and my best friend was reminded when we went out west that sometimes when we're in a new environment, our bodies like to react in different ways. And one of the ways that I know that my body has reacted and my friend's body reacted this trip that we took was that it locks up. And one of the ways it locks up is the digestive tract. And again, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. So my friend, a couple days into this trip, he tells me, he's like, Jonah, dude, I have not been able to use the restroom for a couple days now. I think we need to stop and get something to kind of help fix this situation. And so we stop at a CVS and he gets some laxative and he's like, okay, finally, I have the fix and the solution to this need that I have. And he just kind of just takes two pills because he figures like, okay, well, it's been a couple days, so I'm going to take two pills. And so we find out about 10 minutes after he takes these pills, as we're heading into Yosemite in a mountainous range, and there's not really many stops at this point, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere, he finds out about 10 minutes into after taking these pills, he just looks at me, he's like, Jonah, like my body is freaking out right now, like we have to stop. We found out when his body started freaking out, he looked at the packaging of the pills that he took. And it was extra strength. And instead of taking a half or one, he took two. What he thought would fix the need that he had actually put us in an even worse situation. My friend, like each and every one of us, had a need. But within that need, there was a desperation. And in that desperation, he failed to look at the instructions If only he would have looked at the instructions, he would have known exactly what he needed in order for that need to be filled. And I know, again, that's a comical story, but I just was reminded of that recently, of just that that desperation that each and every one of us have when we feel like there's needs not being met and we have these longings and these desires and we're putting the stress and, and striving on us and we're just feeling like, okay, like what is the point? Like what do I do with all of these needs that I feel like I have, these longings that I feel like I have? What do we do with this? Recently, this last week, I found myself feeling very overwhelmed. 
And so I went into the closet. I got done with everything I needed to get done uh, for that day. And I just got alone and I was just praying to the Lord. I was being honest with the Lord saying, Lord, this is where my heart's at. And God, these are where I feel like I'm just like in anguish right now. And as I was there in the closet, there was a passage that the Lord brought to my attention. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. For example, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or whether enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies on the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully about wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Jesus is saying that there is more to life than this. He talks about, isn't there more to life than food? Isn't it more to life than clothing? And he's saying, do not worry, but know that our God knows our needs. And then he goes on to verse 33, he says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Again, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and his righteousness, and he will give you everything you need. As I was there in the closet, I just couldn't help but just stay focused on this verse right here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will provide everything you need. It's interesting to me that in this passage, Jesus connects the kingdom of God to his righteousness. And I know that I cannot, on my own efforts, my own abilities, produce a righteousness of God. I can try my best, and I will never measure up to the righteousness of God. But still, he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be taken care of. Everything that we need will be taken care of. So what is the kingdom of God? How can we wrap our heads around the kingdom of God and his righteousness in order for us to rest, for us not to be anxious for anything. What is the kingdom of God? One of the passages that help me be reminded what the kingdom of God is, is found in Matthew 19, verse 14. Jesus is there and there's a lot of kids that are coming up to him and his disciples are trying to shoo the kids away. 
at this time, kids and women were looked at as lower than the rest. So kids were looked at as almost like second-class citizens. You know, when we were growing up, sometimes you would hear adults say, hey, kids should be seen and not heard. I know I heard that a lot growing up. And that was kind of the mindset during the time of Jesus. And all these kids are running towards Jesus and the disciples are trying to push them away because they're saying, look, you should not be not only near Jesus, but Jesus should not waste his time on you when there's so many other needs and so many other people that he can be ministering to. But as the kids are running to him, Jesus says this in Matthew 19, verse 14. Jesus says, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus compares the kingdom of God to children. The innocence and the awe and the wonder and the dependency of children, our God says that that is what the kingdom of God is like. This last Sunday, I was staying a little bit after the church service and everybody was leaving And one of the volunteers had their little child, a precious little child. And this child has just started recently being able to walk. And so I'm looking at this little child, so precious. You just see in the face of this little girl, just this awe and wonder of everything around her. And you see this little child just walking around and just touching everything that they can in awe and wonder. And nearby this child was the mother. The mother was there trying to kind of guide the child, and, and I noticed that the mother would reach out her hand in order for the child to grab onto so that the child would not fall. This child has just started to learn how to walk, but yet there's so much awe and wonder, while there's also still dependency upon her mother and father. And this child, I was looking at it and just seeing just the preciousness of this child, And I remembered this passage right here. Let the little children come to me because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Elsewhere in the scripture, Jesus also says, unless we become like a child, we cannot see him. We cannot know him. The child knows that they cannot produce the sustenance that they need in order to live, to thrive. And likewise, Our creator looks at us and wants us to realize that we cannot produce what we need, but he can produce what we need. And instead of us trying to find how we can fulfill our own needs and reaching for the things that we think we need in order to fulfill what we think we lack, we have a God that calls to us and says, no, 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 stop trying to reach, stop trying to cope, stop trying to figure this out on your own, but look to me that you were created for a king and a kingdom that goes far beyond any king and kingdom here, that you were created for me. We have a creator, savior, sustainer that looks at us and says that I am what you are looking for. I am what you feel like you lack and I will give you rest. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is all who respond to our God saying, Lord, I cannot, but you can. There's a verse that I struggle with a lot that I just say, okay, it's very easier said than done. And the verse is Philippians 4 and 6. This is what Paul tells the Philippian church. He says this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind 
in Christ Jesus. See, how we can be anxious for nothing is when we realize that there is a king and a kingdom that goes far beyond anything that we can do on our own, anything that we can produce on our own. We can be anxious for nothing when we realize that, Lord, I will seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. I will bring my request to you, knowing that by bringing my request to you and looking for you to fulfill the request that I have, that I can rest knowing that you will provide what I need. Be anxious for nothing, but with everything, with prayer and petition, bring your requests with thanksgiving to God. And that's how the peace of God that transcends all understanding, anything that I could do on my own, will guard my heart and mind. See, when I was there in the closet and my heart was getting away from me, when I brought my request to the Lord saying, God, help me, show me what you want me to see in this chaos, in this hurt, in this confusion, he brought my mind to him. He was the only one that could produce a peace in my chaos. In that moment, I can worry and stress and try to reach to different things in order to feel or to help me cope with what I feel like I'm feeling. But at the end of the day, I would still have that need. I would still have that longing. When we rest in a king and a kingdom that goes beyond our longings and beyond what we can produce or what we can see, that's how we are anxious for nothing. When we become like the children that we are, we're able to reach to our heavenly father for who he is. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, we were made for a king and a kingdom that goes far beyond all of this. And when we spend our lives not trying to just to fill our face or to fill our longings or all of our desires, but instead to fulfill what we were created for, that is what gives us joy. That is what gives us purpose. That is what gives us identity and a peace. We can rest knowing why. God, you have done what I cannot do. And so my life is surrendered to you. Lord, I am a child and I am in need of you. You fulfill my needs. You fulfill my longings. You fulfill everything that I lack. Lord, I was created for you to point others to you, to rest in you. We can rest knowing, God, you are the fulfillment of everything that I long for. When we realize that this life revolves around a king and a kingdom beyond our own, we also start to seek and thirst and hunger for his righteousness. Not a righteousness that we try to produce on our own, that will just burn us out. Behavioral modification never fixes our heart. It only burns us out and gets us jaded and hurt and calloused and broken even more. Following Jesus is not about behavioral modification. It's about surrendering to the only one that is the victor over ourselves, and that is Jesus. Last week, I went out with some friends after church to a hamburger restaurant nearby, but I found myself after church this week having a hunger and a craving for that hamburger spot. And it hit me, why did I not hunger and crave this hamburger spot weeks and weeks ago? And I was reminded that I hunger because I have recently tasted that hamburger. My body still has this longing and craving for this specific hamburger because I recently have tasted it. There's a passage in Psalms 34 verse 8 where the psalmist says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Heavy heart. We will hunger and thirst for his righteousness, to be in his kingdom, to seek first his kingdom, to have a desire in our heart for his kingdom to come and his will be done, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. When we taste and feast 
upon the God who is alive and living and active and pursuing after you and me, the God that we were created for. When we feast upon his word, when we feast upon Jesus, that's what we start to crave. We start to want to live our lives revolving around him and not just revolving around our own desires, our own thirst, our own cravings, our own longings of what we think can fill that need that we have. So what is the kingdom of God? Some things that I wrote down that stand out to me through God's word is this. The kingdom is Jesus. The kingdom is Jesus's words. It's Jesus's love. It's what Jesus suffered for. It's the hope of Jesus. It's the justice of Jesus. The kingdom is Jesus. When we seek first the kingdom of God, it helps us be able to see that there is so much that we reach for in order to fill a need that only he can fill. The kingdom is Jesus. So as we seek Jesus, we can trust that not only does our God know our needs as he promises that he does over and over and over in scripture, but we can trust that, Lord, you will provide exactly what I need in order for me to be exactly who you've created me to be and to do exactly what you've created me to do. That when I seek first your kingdom, I also know that that goes hand in hand with your righteousness. I can't say that I'm seeking first the kingdom and forsaking the righteousness that our God calls us to through his son. We know that the spirit of God can lead us into all of righteousness and also all of truth, as his word says, that when the counselor comes, the spirit of God comes, that the counselor leads us into all of truth and all of life. So as we grow in Jesus, we also submit to the spirit of Jesus within us that helps us be able to see him in each and every day, each and every situation, and each and every need. Through our needs, through our desperation, may we not miss the instructions. May we not miss the bigger picture. May we not miss Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will fall into place. Be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and petition, with the heart of thanksgiving, may we bring our request to Jesus. <laughs> may that be the peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and mind. Remember what the end of that verse says too, in Jesus. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, we were created for a king and a kingdom that goes far beyond this far beyond what we feel that we are lacking or what we need. May we do the best that we can to tangibly meet the needs of those that are around us. Why? Because we are seeking first the kingdom of Jesus and we want for his kingdom to come and his will to be done through us. So may we not just forsake those around us saying, well, I'm focusing on Jesus. You can't focus on Jesus and forsake those around us. Why? Because Jesus died for them. He died for us. The kingdom of God is wrapped around the suffering servant who gave himself for you and for me. May we also give ourselves for others to know that Jesus not only loves them, but that their life matters and it matters in Christ heavy heart. May we seek the kingdom and trust that the rest will fall into place. It sounds so simple because it is. It's simple enough for a child to grasp onto it, but it will take our whole life to truly understand. 
Lord, what is your kingdom? And help my heart be so latched on. May I have a taste of your kingdom that gives me a craving for more of your kingdom to come in my life and in the life of those around me. Lord, I want to have a dependency upon you, but also an awe and a wonder of a child to see each breath, each opportunity, each longing to be fulfilled in you. I wanted to close out today's episode with a song. And this song is not flashy lyrics. It is honestly just the Lord's Prayer. But it's a song by John Foreman. And the name of the song is Your Love is Strong. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, we have a God who loves us so much that he helps our eyes get off of all of the things that we think will fix us and be put upon him. So may this song minister and wash over you today. May our hearts be sober with a just a cry saying, God, help me seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And God, give me a faith that the rest will take place when it takes place. But Lord, we know that ultimately our needs are filled by you. Lord, help us not worry. Help us not freak out. You know what we need. And Lord, your love is strong. Heavenly Father, you always amaze me Let your kingdom come in my world and in my life Give me the food I need to live through today And forgive me as I forgive the people that wrong me Lead me far from temptation Deliver me from the evil one I look out the window The birds are composing Not a note is out of tune are out of place I walk to the meadow and stare at the flowers that are dressed than any girl on her wedding day So why should I worry Why do I freak out God knows what I need You know what I need Your love is Your love is Your love is Strong Your love is Your love is Your love is Strong
things you told me. 